0: and it starts by having those conversations of why should those different parties come together and ask their software providers to do that and and how should we do that in a way that's really gonna accelerate the industry and uh, lead us to digital transformation and not just uh, the kind of baseline digitization.
1: Hello innovators, I'm Todd Wyant and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Great Tech Group. You're invited to join our conversation to model the future of construction, innovation, and the digital transformation adventure of this great industry. My guest today is Nathan Wood, Executive Director of Construction Progress Coalition and repeat guest of the show. For those that don't know Nathan, he understands how rewarding the design and construction process can be when technology and culture embrace a new era of innovation. Welcome back to the show,
0: Nathan. I'm getting some feedback too. Oh, man, good good to be here through multiple different uh, audio devices here. It seems like we're all having technical difficulties this morning as technologists. So it's, it seems to be our uh, our Murphy's Law. That's but, right. Uh, good to be here. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a good start to it, uh, me having to log back in three times to able to get it going. But
1: <laughs> hey, we're here.
0: Yeah, hopefully no echo. Um, but uh, no, good to be here as well and uh, excited to talk about... Uh, Everything happened in person, which is so great about, uh, not having technical difficulties when, when you are in person. Um, although there is still the whole audio and PowerPoint and everything else. So it it seems like you can never really escape, uh, technical failures.
1: That's part of the fun of doing live events. You never know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Like a live podcast in front of a staged audience that, that worked well.
1: Yeah, with are somebody right? coming in remotely as well, too, throwing that out. The- <laughs>
0: yeah, that was fun as we, as we found that out for, for those who listen, uh, uh, yeah, uh, religiously.
1: That's right. And you, I think, are breaking the record. I have to confirm this, but I'm pretty sure you are now the most repeat guest of Bridging the Gap.
0: Wow. I, I don't think I've ever won an award.
1: That's, <laughs> uh, that's an honor. Yeah. Well, thanks for... thanks for. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to confirm that, though. Definitely, yeah, stat check that. Uh Oh, Eric is coming back on. That means something's wonky. Nathan, you just had uh, what looked like a, a super successful AC integration summit. Can you tell everybody kind of what it is? What's the point? Why are you gathering everybody out in, in Denver in the middle of, of February?
0: Besides skiing, um, as, <laughs> it's as, a good draw for as me, <laughs> as you're well aware. Yeah, I mean, why else would you have a, a conference in February in Colorado if you're not going to go skiing? So that, that's that's rule number one. But uh, no, the real reason we got 70 folks ranging across architecture, engineering, construction, trade contractors, uh, owners, as as well as you know, a whole slew of technology partners that that are coming together to solve these shared pains around interoperability. How are we sharing data? between these different players that need to uh, sh- share data at, at the project level. So I think we've we've moved beyond just the, I have a project management system and I have an ERP system and I need to share certain you know, costs or timesheets or other things to now the level of RFIs and submittals and change orders and payups and RFPs and prequals that we can now start to standardize at an industry level. Um, and, and it starts by having those conversations of why should those different parties come together and ask their software providers to do that? And, and how should we do that in a way that's really going to accelerate the industry and uh, lead us to digital transformation and not just uh, the kind of baseline digitization?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what were some of the, the takeaways from the workshops? Actually, maybe let's even back up. So what happens? Describe the, the workshop for those yeah. who, who don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we I I resisting the word conference because it really is it's not a conference at all. It's sort of a series of uh, parallel workshops. We have six different teams that range in topics from I mentioned an RFP proposal to. Uh, rfi integrations to submittals to uh how do you set up a work breakdown structure that evolves across the project life cycle so we had you know six different topics um each led uh, by a team lead and and seven other participants that have those range of perspectives uh, for that given scenario and they go through a mock uh transformation uh essentially you know process where they're setting up the current state of uh, how do we typically do it today that is broken. What is the root cause of why we do it that way, um, and how how do we improve uh, improve upon that? So it's you know four different breakout sessions that uh, go through the digest, debate, decide, and deliver uh, format. And so, just sample did a, a fantastic job, uh, emceeing and helping me kind of go through uh, this laborious process. Um, but I think it's it's super enlightening for the group. It's very engaging, and and as we keep saying, you know, the, the challenge is that we're not communicating effectively and so essentially this whole common data exchange cdx framework is really around getting that that clarity very quickly between different perspectives that we're all different experts in our own fields but we therefore create our own jargon and semantics and whatever and so how do we communicate those differences and where those similarities are uh that's really what this workshop covers over over two days
1: Mm -hmm. what uh, i loved about it last year was getting all the the different uh, stakeholders and, and different perspectives around the table talking about uh one singular topic but you had people that that normally don't interact with each other and they would be talking about their their pains and their kind of workflow of like well yeah it's because you know you dummy do this and they were like well actually we're having the same issue we just start framing it in different ways and uh, you know using different terminology and they're like oh i I, I never knew that you went through that same Experience as well too, and just to see the, the the light bulbs go off, I was was really looking yeah. forward to that this year. Uh, <laughs> and, I, I had five and, ki- people uh, throwing up to keep me from from coming this year.
0: <laughs> uh, and we we were so sad to miss you. Yeah, we we definitely sent our uh, our, our condolences uh, as as you'll hear in the recordings, of course. Um, but uh, we knew you were there in spirit. <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right. What were those? Uh, any big light bulb moments that that happened this year?
0: You know, I, I think, you know, how quickly everybody could get on the, the same page and, and really where folks uh, took, took the, uh, the opportunity to articulate using the CDX framework. You know, the, a lot of the feedback from last year's session that I know you're part of, part of it last year was that we didn't have any handout manual. Like we very quickly went through those definitions of what is a stakeholder, what is a persona, what is a system, what is a, a document of record. And how do we you know, create these exchanges that go through applications and activities? We use all these verbs and, and nouns and throw them out without very much definition behind them. So having that program and having that structure um, that folks could go and refer to when they're in their breakouts, I think really w- was great to see the outcome and see how different folks interpret it in different ways, because we, we always are toying with you know how structured versus how loose do we make the format? Because you want things to be loose and innovative so that they bring more ideas and they help Improve it. But also, the, the feedback is always well, we want more structure, we want more definition because <laughs> naturally we're, we're all trying to get towards more standardization. Uh, but I think it's been a nice kind of back and forth to figure out what is that middle ground where project teams can come together and determine their custom way of uh, communicating and collaborating and, and exchanging information in a way that uses existing standards and references standards and gives them sort of that pick list of uh, how they want to uh, mash them up together.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's the ambition behind it. So they they all come together. They form this team for a, a couple of days, dive into a problem, and then they all go home back to their you know normal regular day jobs. W- what happens with this great information afterwards?
0: Yeah, you know. Well, so there were a ton of cameras there. We would definitely uh, uh, you know from your script and and uh, brought as many cameras as possible to to capture this and, and put stuff online of of what did happen and what mm-hmm. comes out of it but ultimately they start and end with a how might we statement an objective that um has three components that the how might we the in ways that and the so that so they all kind of follow a, a similar format um, and they'll actually evolve it and recreate it at the end of the two days. So whatever they started with is not necessarily what they end with. And that that I think is kind of the whole purpose of, of the learnings of it and what people take away from it is that this is uh, a muscle that, that we need to work on, that we need to flex and that we need to improve of just situational innovation and being able to work with different perspectives, understand their data needs and come up with a, a solution that is equitable for everybody. Um, and so doing that very quickly is something that we need to get better at. And that's a lot of, you know, what we hope to get out of this. And then if there are, you know, standards that are developed and spurred off through, you know, partner, uh, collaboration, partner organizations, or, you know, APIs and other solutions that are developed because they, you know, came up with a roadmap that, you know, came from one of these summits, you know, that's also a great, uh, unintended or intended benefit. Um, but I think, yeah, everybody comes in with a little bit different thing that they want to get out of it, but it seems like, you know, all around uh, the feedback was, was very positive that uh, value was gained by all. Mm-hmm.
1: Nice. Can you walk through the, the anchors to rockets exercise and what you do to kind of create uh, awareness and, and problem solve?
0: Yes. Um, and, and kudos to uh, Jake Olson and the, the, the you know, uh, formerly leading the DATO team and what was back then i think uh before it was even link uh, and uh, a workshop that we did with a group called think wrong and uh, mock 49 and we i learned this exercise that uh, was was shared so i have to you know give credit where it's due but it's essentially a design thinking uh work uh, exercise that has four steps that allows you to look again at that current state of what's happening today that's not working or that you want to change, uh, the anchors being, you know, what are the, the things that are keeping that thing in place? What are those root causes um, that, uh, that, that are not allowing us to change it? Um, we then move to that future state in the third step, which allows us to agree on you know, what are those conditions of the future state that we all want to seek? Um, and then the hardest part is the rockets. What are the actions? What are the changes? What are the steps that need to be taken to move ourselves uh, from that current state, to remove those anchors that exist in place and get us to that shared future state? So, just by again breaking it into those four steps, I think it's really helpful for folks to understand uh, the process of, of innovation and of, of change management um, and get everybody on the same page throughout each of those four steps.
1: Is there a, a one of those categories that that you see is maybe uh, harder to kind of wrap your your brain around, or get people to really start throwing out ideas.
0: I mean, either the anchors or the rockets. Obviously, I think you know the, the current state, what it is, and the future, what you want it to be, are kind of the easy things. It's you know how it's in place today, the anchors, and how you're going to get it to the future, the rockets that are the two hardest. So, you know, the first one being really acknowledging what are those root causes? What are those anchors is is kind of the hidden hardest one. Um, I think a lot of folks would would argue that Rockets is the hardest one of, you know, how are you really going to change this where you feel like you're kind of stuck, uh, especially in this industry where depending on where you are in that contract uh, hierarchy, you feel like you're stuck a lot of times. Um, But I think a lot of that we just tell ourselves that and and we need to see other examples where folks are uh doing things differently and and are changing the game and changing contracts and uh improving project delivery so that others can you know spread that idea and rise the tides as as we continue to say Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it's interesting that you bring up anchors as um one of the the struggle areas because uh, my initial thought would be that anchors would be Maybe easier for a lot of people because everybody loves to throw out what's, what's negative and complain. But then as you were just talking, I was like, well, that, they that just anchors, stay like at this yeah, level, bla- not going all the anchors. way down. <laughs> yeah.
0: Getting to the right anchors is difficult to do. Yeah, uh, Getting to the easy surface level anchors that aren't really anchors. They're just. Yeah. Like buoys almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good analogy. I <laughs> did
1: go all the way down to the lobster trap on the bottom of the, yeah, yeah, of the ocean yeah. floor. Uh, so <laughs> that, that kind of ties in one of the, the kind of the main uh, deconstructed keynote panel uh, with trying to figure out what, where your biases lie, how, first off, talk about the, the panel, but then at, kind of dovetailing into the, our, our, where our biases are, how how do you even begin to start identifying that?
0: Yeah. Well, well, first off, thank you, Todd and applied for, uh, allowing, uh, Brent and Dr. G. Uh, so Brent Darnell is, is with Brent Darnell international. He's actually in your neck of the woods in Atlanta, um, and is an amazing person. Someone I, I strive to be every day, uh, but former construction, uh, superintendent to uh, executive and, uh, now is an expert in emotional intelligence and and really teaching the the power of compassion and uh, empathy and diversity and inclusion as that you know older boomer uh, generation white male perspective so you know to have uh as i've always said you know when trying to sell technology internally at a general contractor like if you can get that the crustiest old white su- superintendent to you know sell sell that. Uh, to it. It's going to be way better than any millennial trying to sell that tech to, out to the field. And so I think same sort of thing to try and convince those in the audience that really are the ones that need to change. He's an amazing perspective. Um, so he did some some awesome exercises on bias and, and the just the inherent bias that we all have that we have to almost kind of understand and have our own compassion for that it is a natural state of mind. But then the more we accept it, the more we can start to understand it and control it and overcome it and and we talked a lot about with dr g and with with alice about you know the the data behind why we should be caring about uh, inclusion and diversity and belonging because we're losing a huge chunk of talent that's leaving the industry as as we're seeing in, in a lot of these survey results that uh, we put out last year with the construction talent retention survey so it was a really cool way of kind of presenting some information from the survey quickly um, presenting different perspectives that are really subject matter experts in the different fields of where we do need to change, and then putting that back into the audience's lap and doing that anchors to rockets exercise that really brought it all together um, was just a really yeah cool experience. And as as you know from from the prep calls, it was very fun to kind of organically come up with that format over the ninety minutes, and uh, the feedback was yeah was super positive.
1: Yeah, what what was the the reaction in in real time where people uh, kind of squirming in their chairs, were they super engaged and kind of, or were they
0: pushing back on certain things? What was the, what was the feel? I think, yeah, before we got into the workshopping, there was a little bit of, of, I won't say pushback, but yeah, like questioning as to, you know, why, why should we be so concerned with the color of their skin or if they have tattoos or not, or like, why, why are we judging them at their surface level Mm. Um, and kind of this, this, overly concerned with um, not wanting to be judgmental to that. But, you know, to me, I feel like that's part of what that problem is. It's like, well, no, no, like we do have to accept that that is part of it. Um, and and to go past that, not to just, you know, ignore that it exists. I think there's, there's a difference between understanding and accepting natural biases and working to overcome them versus ignoring that they ever existed in the first place because... You're so woke. <laughs> Pardon my <laughs> bad use of political terms, but uh, I think that that's where we're at, right? And, yeah. and and that was part of what I think made it cool too, is that we were in a safe place where you could say something like that, and 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 if and if someone wanted to call it out, they would call it out. And and you know, we, we did have a few people, you know, uh, make statements that were maybe slightly misogynistic or, or something like that, and and get called out for it. And I think that's part of the experience, right? Like you need to see what it's like to make a mistake, get called out, learn from it and and move forward and that it's okay mm-hmm. um, to make a mistake uh, so that people aren't afraid to say anything, but that they do learn where that line is of what's appropriate to say today that might've been different 10, 20, 30 years ago.
1: Bridging the Gap is powered by GrayTech Tech Group. As a global BIM and modeling expert, Great is dedicated to empowering construction and manufacturing professionals to digitize and industrialize their processes to improve performance and build a sustainable tomorrow. With more than 30 years in the industry, they know how to be your partner in a world where change is the new normal and always strive to enable their customers to gain an increased competitive advantage to model the future. Visit graytech-group.com for more information. Mm -hmm. How do you, was there any advice from the the panel on how to bring that environment back into the workplace uh, to make it safe to say something that maybe it was inarticulate and you kind of wanted absolutely when I mean, called out by,
0: <laughs> yeah, right. No, and and that was the beauty of having four different teams. So basically, Brent had one whiteboard corner. Doctor G had another. Alice had one, and we had uh, Todd Sutton and Rachel from uh, Zachary Construction. Uh, man, the fourth one, and so the four different topics were building a more inclusive uh, innovation uh, corporate innovation program, uh, building a more I- inclusive and innovative. Innovative uh, diversity and uh, equity P- program, and actually I have them uh, written down here because uh, I don't want to make make sure I don't get this wrong. <laughs> but uh, they, they, were, they were, and they definitely covered yeah the corporate program as well. So how do you uh, bring more innovation into your uh, inclusion and diversity programs, as well as bring more inclusion into your innovation programs? So we had four different topics uh, that span the four different parts of the room, and really put it back on the audience. Uh, to come up with those ideas and it was really amazing what they did come out with we got recordings of all those um, and we'll be you know putting those findings uh, up on YouTube to share so that others uh, can uh, can take those into their organization as well
1: nice very cool uh, so you guys did the the survey uh, any well two-part question I, I like my two-part questions uh, why why'd you do the survey and then any surprising? findings coming out of that survey?
0: Yes. Um, So uh, all roads lead back to to Sasha Reed, of course, Um, but uh, between Alice and and Sasha Reed and got connected with uh, Yuhi at Agency of California, who's uh, now leading their diversity inclusion program. Um, We had uh, help from uh, folks at uh, NAWIC, uh, as well as the uh, y program. And so we got and of course, Alice uh, was, was a huge part of it with brick and mortar. Um, that was a, a huge uh, financial supporter that helped us get the funding to work with Pulsely. Uh, and Pulsely does, uh, they do you know, large Fortune 500 corporate uh, surveys around exit surveys or uh, employee satisfaction surveys, if you've ever uh, taken those before and do very, very deep analytics. And so they had actually never done an, an industry-wide uh, kind of company agnostic uh, survey before. So it was new for them as well, but we all got together and and put together a survey because we wanted to better understand again why are those that are leaving the industry leaving so that was our our target was uh, a mix of those that are happy in the industry or uh, formerly industry and left or formerly industry and thinking about leaving Um, and to not only understand why but also understand who they represent Uh, are they parents Uh, are they lgbtq plus um, do they you know, represent uh, different minorities so that we could get that, that def- demographic background and get that comparison, and get those analytics? Um, so, you know, and doing that inside of a construction industry that is predominantly white male is not necessarily the, the easiest thing to do. Um, and so uh, we, you know, we're very strategic in kind of how we asked those questions and, and how we brought that together um, to get as many responses as possible and, and definitely um, want to continue to promote both the findings from last year that have been very insightful for folks and, and very helpful to kind of make that case for a lot of these programs that are needed, uh, but also to, you know, encourage uh, funding for an, another survey to open this up to get a broader audience. Um, and get a, a, a you know better capture of the industry and really see where we're at and continue to measure ourselves because again that's very much core to the vision of CPC is you know changing how we measure uh, both you know project performance, company performance and individual performance.
1: Yeah so what does success how, how do you measure that success was what does it look like across the industry?
0: Well, it, I mean, it, it comes down to you know why why are folks leaving uh, their their companies and and are they leaving the industry? So, like, of course, you should see folks leaving their companies for you know advancing roles or better pay, like that's that's to be expected. But when you see you know things like uh, harassment or um, conflict with a manager or you know work life balance issues as like other top leading issues. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the things that are kind of the red flags to, um, the folks over at Pulseley that see this data all the time. Uh, and, and, you know, they can, you know, kind of point those things out. And those were certainly part of the findings was, you know, the, the rate of, um, both, yeah, c- certainly, uh, conflict with a manager as well as, um, the, uh, the harassment one as well, um, are, are, certainly issues that we need to take control of if, uh, if we're going to continue to attract, uh, the best and brightest talent for the industry.
1: Mm-hmm. So shifting gears, some more holistically across the industry. What do you think is one of the, the biggest trends that's coming down in 2023?
0: Oh, across everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's switching gears. All big. right.
1: Ooh. We're going big.
0: <laughs> um, well, you know, it's certainly biased um, from, from my worldview, but I think this term of interoperability is no longer that, that deer in headlights term that, that it's, it really is down to, I understand how important data ownership and privacy and, and also transparency and then the ability to share it um, is, but I need to have control over my ability to do that. And so that seems to be kind of the the growing trend in these conversations is that technology is everywhere, but it's everyone's going to have their own technology. So if we don't figure out how those technologies talk to each other, we're not going to solve all these any of these problems. So uh, it obviously fits very well with the CDX framework and everything we're trying to do to solve that problem. <laughs> so uh, might be a biased answer, but uh, that's, that's where I'm seeing things going. I'll allow a biased answer. That's all right. That's all right. (laughs) Admittedly biased. That's right.
1: Uh, What's the the next step then for the industrialization of construction?
0: Uh, You know, one of the things that did come out of the summit that was really interesting, uh, Tim Spina was there who, if you don't know Tim, he's very well connected within the trade contractor and and, uh, union trade space. And so uh, he is well connected with uh, a group, IDEA, IDEA, and they are focused on uh, interoperability of data around equipment ma- manufacturers and equipment distributors, and and the and how they work together to have transparency of what equipment uh, availability is, what the pricing is, and then ideally, you know, all the you know data sheets and all the submittal packages and everything that kind of comes with it um, is part of that package as well. So um very interested to to bring them into the conversation learn more about what they've done to date and maybe what they haven't done to date that you know as as those of us that work more in the submittal in as built handover side of the world uh, could imagine there could be some new opportunities for for them to explore so it's it's every week it feels like we learn about a new group within the industry, a new, new faction that has created some standard for their specific exchange. And that just gets us more excited because that's the whole point is that we need to connect all these dots together of who's already done it and start, you know, storytelling on how we can you know cre- connect even larger dots.
1: Yeah. So with all those kind of new things coming up, what is, what does innovation really look like for construction this year?
0: <sighs> um, I think it's it's core it's it's about communication. um you know if if we're not on the same page about why we're even coming to the table to solve a problem or or what that problem is, we're kind of stuck in the mud. So I think uh, with with all this you know almost uh yeah overflow of of technology, it feels like um we've we've come to this point of clarity where yeah, like we really need to be clear about what our definitions are and what our requirements are. So to me, yeah, like innovation is all about um, getting back to people communicating what their process should be so that technology can better support that in Mm -hmm. that order. Yeah. If you
1: just communicate and share upfront, it makes it easier. I won't get on my soapbox. In theory. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Easier said than
0: done. That's right. That's right. There is is such a thing as too early because, you know, if it's not ready yet, then it's confusing because you're not effectively communicating. And so I think, yeah, that, that's something that we really need to challenge in the industry is where are those new lines of what, what we would call yeah, a boundary of definition? You know, what, is, what does it need to be from a program requirements? You know, the, the boundary of alignment being, you know, do we agree on more or less what it should look and what the function of it is? So that you can then let those shop drawings and all those fabrication go off to reach the boundary of realization that then releases to, to fabrication. And so, you know, depending on if you're design hard bid or if design build or IPD or otherwise, you know, those lines may be drawn at very different times, mm-hmm. but I think they're always still those four different lines. Mm-hmm. And so again, the more we can come back and communicate more effectively, um, where it doesn't really matter if you use the old language or the new language, as long as we clearly define these key terms of stakeholders, personas, activities, exchanges, boundaries, um, we can you know, start to help technology better equip us to solve these problems. Um, but yeah, it really is a, a two-way street or sort of a chicken and the egg that we're just you know, every year learning more about how far we have to go.
1: <laughs> it's good. It keeps us all uh, <laughs> excited to move the ball forward.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. I still got a long career ahead of me. And yeah, no shortage of uh, problems to solve. No shortage of shared pains. <laughs> there you go.
1: There you go. How do people find out more information uh, about you and CPC and connect with you?
0: Yeah. So uh, constructionprogress.org, you can check out all the different initiatives under the initiatives tab. Again, the construction talent retention surveys on there, The uh, all the information about the AEC uh, integration summit that we just had. And we'll be posting videos up there uh, shortly here um, from, from each of those, but you can read about those teams. And again, we'll be having uh, upcoming virtual roundtables every other month that uh, Todd will be uh, moderating along with uh, other folks, that are a great way to yeah take ninety minutes away and have some of these conversations virtually with uh, pretty pretty light lift. Um, and then yeah, looking forward to setting our date for for next year's summit um, as we head somewhere warmer for those uh, who who don't like to go to the cold. But don't worry, every other year we'll we'll still be coming back to Denver.
1: Is that the plan? You're gonna rotate away?
0: Yeah, yeah we're we have taken feedback that uh, some of the folks don't like coming to the cold, so. Um, now, now that we feel comfortable and, and ha- have, uh, our feet underneath us, we're going to take it on the road and head somewhere south. So ha- haven't confirmed the hotel yet. So TBD, but, um, it will be coming to a warm weather, uh, sitting near you. Okay. Okay. Change it up a bit. Nice.
1: Was it as cold this year as last year in Denver? No,
0: it was not. It was, it was actually, I uh, they about this year, last
1: year was freezing, <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was very cold last year. Um, The room always somehow figures out how to be kind of cold because people open the door to the balcony and it lets cold air in. But you know, you can't can't make everybody happy. That's we, right. We, thankfully, we had long sleeve shirts as our uh, kind of giveaway this year, so if people got cold, you know, they at least they had one more layer to put on.
1: There you go. There you go. Uh, All right. Final question for you: If I could give you all construction power and you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing in construction, what would you choose to innovate?
0: Payments. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I feel like all roads lead to payments. I've found because all this integration interoperability stuff—if if you can't tie it to dollars and cents, then it, it doesn't doesn't go anywhere. So yeah, yeah show I think me the money. Pay, yeah, payments and like tracking payments and and that whole side of thing is going to be that's that's where we need to go.
1: Nice. Awesome. Well, always fun to sync up in and chat with you, Nathan. Thanks for coming uh, back on the show once more.
0: <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I, I, uh, I expect a belt. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's there you go.
1: Once, once, all the tabulations and we get a recount and all that stuff. We'll yeah, I got, I got my Flex's
0: shield from Chad. You know, I, I you want go. my yeah, I want my uh, bridging the gap belt. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. We'll see what we can do on that. <laughs> yeah, you hear, you heard it here. <laughs> I like it.
1: <laughs> And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take. One of my favorite things about the workshops that Nathan runs is when different stakeholders who normally don't interact with each other have that light bulb moment and they realize they experience a shared pain with a persona that they didn't realize at first. It's a great illustration that when we communicate effectively and honestly, we actually make progress. Second take. All of this can really only happen in an open and safe environment. It is important to foster a culture that embraces differences, backgrounds, and fresh ideas. You want people to feel free to communicate their thoughts and share no matter who they are. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software Great Tech Group at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining the conversation to model the future on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is hosted, directed, and produced by Todd Wyatt. edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software, Great Tech Group production, copyright Applied Software, Great Tech Group, 2023.